Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. I am Jason, and John is here. And Bridget is not. And Bridget is not. She was our special guest last week. She went over very well. A lot of people enjoyed well, her participation in the podcast last week. I know. Week. They're like calling for us to get fired already. One podcast. You know, there's a couple guys that I follow who, a couple years ago, they started a podcast talking about movies. They picked a specific movie each episode, mm-hmm. and that's what they talk about. And at first, it was just the two guys on the podcast. And then all of a sudden, one of the guys' wives ended up on the podcast, and now she's like a permanent fixture. And I wonder if it was a similar kind of thing where they just tried her out for a podcast because it was a movie she wanted to come on and talk about. And now she's permanently on there, so... So we didn't fall into that trap. Bridget just is not back this week because Jason and I want this to all be about us. So Egos in check. No, we really don't. But <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to inconvenience anybody else to have to do this podcast on a regular basis. So Especially when we figure that it seems like almost every time we record this thing, we end up with crazy weather and huge snowstorms weather yeah exactly we don't although i will tell you you know knock on wood you know we've had fairly good weather compared to last season so yeah and the few times that we didn't we phoned it in literally we did we literally phoned it in yep (laughs) so mavericks took a trek up north went to, to duluth to play the bulldogs and sadly did not come back with any points. Season sweep for the Bulldogs, UNO lost both games here and then this past weekend lost both games up there. I was going to say I think they played much better on Saturday than they did on Friday. I heard a lot of people saying that, so I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in that opinion. Nolan Sullivan said that. He said they yeah. didn't have a very good first period on Friday night, so he felt like they played better out of the gate on Saturday night. So one of the members of the team agrees with, with yep. you. Yeah. And he's one I respect, so I'll take that. Uh, absolutely. He's been a pleasant surprise this season. Well, and- I don't know if he was... Maybe it was a surprise to some fans, but... You and I saw him play when we went to a Lancers game, and both of us left that game saying he was going to be one of the yeah. He was he was honestly he was one of the better players on that Muskegon team, and um, I will tell you there was some guy on that Muskegon team who I think had a Russian name who was going to play for Michigan State that you and I were just we were totally impressed with. We should look him up. We should look him up. He's probably doing great things for the Spartans now. I don't know, but. Man, he was a great player, but Nolan Sullivan was was great on that team too. So, yeah. so yeah, we Jason and I weren't you know shocked by that, but I think he's he's definitely been a, a pleasant addition to the team this season. I think what's what is a pleasant surprise, at least to me, maybe you feel the same, is is his consistency. You know, being a freshman coming in first year, you know, I expect big games from him, but. Night in, night out, he is a candidate for player of the game for us. Or player of the weekend or whatever we want to call that segment. That yeah, he is. He's No, he has become a fixture in that segment. Always so, under consideration. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just didn't expect, you know, I didn't expect him to consistently be 
one of those guys and to be a top, you know, both nights, Gavinet had him on the top line. Yeah. And, and remind me, I, I, it seems like forever ago since last fall, but he didn't, he wasn't playing early on in the season, right? Like he missed he started a few with games. An injury. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, so we weren't sure how he was going to fit into the lineup because you never know when you hear a player's out early on and you hear about an injury, whether it's going to become one of those nagging things that affects their entire season. But that was not the case in this instance. And he, you know, once he got into the into the lineup, he really established himself quickly. Yeah, I think he missed a couple of series and then it was like he was in and out for right. a weekend or two or something. And yeah. then he's been yeah consistently there and now he, you know he's a he's our top line center yeah so, and depending on depending on who who's in and who's out the rest of the way and i guess what gabinet's feeling you know he's a big part of the the omaha cws line yeah which is Apparently something that a lot of people didn't realize got put together a couple weeks well, ago. Well, I didn't realize that and your wife didn't realize that. You got to you got to well, keep us up to for this last You year. were, but you got to keep us different players. Yeah, you got to you got to keep us up on the uh, yeah, on the, the uh, uh acronym. So, so So Friday night we had our we finally got the CWS line which I think was just appropriate considering it's Omaha and College World Series slash CWS. Uh, but it was Conley Weiss. Ward. No, or Ward. Last I'm year sorry. we wanted Conley Ward. I'm Weiss sorry. And... Anytime I think W, I think Weiss because we talk about him incessantly on this podcast. <laughs> Probably more than we should, but but yeah. So Conley, so, Ward, Ward, and Sullivan. Sullivan, yeah. Yeah. That's that's proven to be a really good it, line this it season. It was. It got yeah. broken up on Saturday. Yeah, what did you think about that move? I I understand why he did it. Yeah. Moving Weiss up there. Change the dynamic. Trying to of create that. a different night dynamic, get a little bit more speed on the line. Yeah, and the you know, we springs creativity. He brings a lot of puck possession, and you know, I don't. I assume that he would say you know something similar, but I think that his his greatest skill is his hands and his passing ability. And so to have someone like Ward on a line with him just opens up hopefully some some offense which you know for the first first part of of friday's game we were kind of struggling to really get any kind of momentum in that way so right so i could see why he did it but yeah the conley board and sullivan line has been very productive yeah that's a line i really like because i like all three of those players you know i heard uh friend of mine that scouts nhl stuff told me it's like sometimes you break up a, a big line like that not because you're not because of anything that's happening on that line no but because, but because you, you want to try and spread the wealth right you know your and, hope and, is is that maybe if i move someone a first line guy off the first line under the second line it'll right help those second line guys produce more Back in that 05-06 era, we had two of the top forwards in the nation, Scott Parson and Bill Thomas, on the roster. And they played great on a line together. They played fantastic. Those two guys had played at uh, the Tri-City Storm together in the USHL. And so the coaching staff, you know, every so often would try and put each of those guys on a separate line to try to try to get, you know, more than one line producing. 
And ultimately, it was one of those situations where they ended up going back with Parson Thomas on the same line because that dynamic just was very, very powerful, having them both together. So mm-hmm. you just never know how you that'll know, work. You know, did the same thing when we had Ortega and Gensel here. Right. You know, those two did very well together on a line. Occasionally, they try to split them up, and it just never seemed to right. have the net effect that you're looking for. Well, that was the Dean Blazer, man. He would... He, oh, would, God. he would switch up those lines like every game. Russian roulette and, with and lines. And sometimes it seemed like it was just, you know, insanity that he was doing it. But, you know, it. the results kind of, you know, the mad scientist at work in his lab, I guess it, it, I mean, it was either. He talked about that before. Like, why does he, because he, he, he's been well known for jumbling lines more than almost right. any he other does, coach, yeah. right? And so I remember an interview that he he did where he talked about that and said, you know, sometimes you do that because when you're playing with guys you've never played with, there is no chemistry. And since there is no chemistry, you have to get back to the basics. And sometimes you put guys that have been together for so long and they start getting a little bit too like complacent. Fancy. Yeah. They try to make things happen that they shouldn't be doing. They try to, you know, these crazy, ridiculous passes. This is where the, you know, percentage. we want the tic-tac-toe, you know, beautiful backdoor right. I want you to run my system, and if you're not, if you're going to start getting too much out of my system, then I'm going to put on your line where your only choice is to run my system. Right. Like to his credit, okay, like I get it. I mean, they would they they won basically 17, 18 games every season. He was a coach, so I can't. I mean, I guess I can't argue with it. It's hard to argue with it. It's hard to argue. Yeah, it's hard to argue with the final result. It may have been ugly watching it sometimes, but it, it was. So that's. That's kind of one of those crazy little things, but but yeah, that's that's when they when they switched that up on Saturday. I thought, well, maybe they're trying to they're they're trying to do something like that, see if they can get a couple different lines producing. I will tell you though that you know some of the other lines did produce on Friday and Saturday nights, so that was nice to see. Um, overall, it didn't go the way that we were hoping it would go. UNO got swept, as you said, and we had didn't. Minnesota Duluth is the one team we really have not had success against this season. Yeah. Yeah. They're two-time defending national champs for a reason. And I believe Bridget pointed out that March 2nd, 2018 was the last time we've defeated Minnesota Duluth. So yeah. let's hope it's not becoming <laughs> becoming <laughs> hope, a, a Denver, Denver a Denver-like two. streak for us. The other surprising thing for fans that maybe weren't able to watch the game on NCHC TV uh, was we had different netminers Friday and Saturday. Yep. And what I gather is not by choice. Uh, the announcers and stuff, we, we were going back and forth on text and I had speculated it sounds more like an injury to me. And then at the start of the game, they had mentioned on the broadcast that there was yeah. an injury to... Because Coach Gabinette has not seemed like a guy who's really inclined to go against a goaltender that they're having success with and that they're comfortable with. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I I mean, it would have been bold if he'd just been like, because I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe it's like eh, it's you know going to be tough for us to get home ice now. So let's, you know, let's get the backup goalie some, you know, playing time, especially since the line charts had come out. And they had had Seville listed as the starting goaltender before the game. I think I saw that an hour or so before the game, but it turns out it was an injury that he was, and I don't know if that was an injury he sustained during 
practice during the day mm-hmm. or the game on Friday night. I I have no that idea. Just if bought it's through, yeah. Something and that's been a nagging deal. I don't know. Hopefully, you know, we'll find out some more details when they do some of the press conferences and stuff, and we see some of the news reports come out. Yes. But hopefully, it's not something that's long term for him. Right. He's got a a week of rest here, so maybe that's enough to nurse whatever it is that. Yeah. I don't. I would say that looking at our schedule and and where UNO stands. You know, if it was a minor injury that he could play through, that he did play through on Friday, I would hold him out on Saturday too. Right. And say, look, we're going to give you some extra time. This is something you can get over in less than a week, and you know we'll be back at it, and you can be back in net for Cairo College. Right. I mean, we're sitting sixth place in the NCHC standings right now. Mm-hmm. We're four points behind St. Cloud after the weekend. And we're nine points ahead of Miami, who's in seventh place. I don't, I mean, it's going to, we would have to majorly implode these last six games that are coming up to drop. Right. And Miami would have to play really well to drop below sixth place. So really our fight right now is with St. Cloud. And and we have the more favorable schedule. Exactly, because St. Cloud has to play Denver, North Dakota, and Duluth. Yeah, we get Colorado College, Miami, and we ended here with North Dakota. So we have the more favorable schedule. We have more opportunities, I think, to have success. So it's, yeah. It's I think be... a fifth place finish is reasonable. And I think if you're looking at long term, I don't know that home ice is reasonable at this point in time. I don't think a fourth place finish is. It's hard because I don't see how that happens. It's hard. Like I was mentioning before the podcast, four of the NCHC teams played this weekend, UNO, Mm -hmm. Duluth, St. Cloud and Colorado college. And then those four teams have the buy from conference play next week. And then, you know, basically all the teams that are ahead of us, North Dakota, Western Michigan, Denver, and then Miami, who's below us, they all play next weekend. So it's going to be tough. Plus, it's going to be tough because Western Michigan, I believe, plays Miami four more times before the end of the season. You can double check that if you want to. You can look at I Western's just, schedule, but it's yeah, they it's, do because they're at they've got at Miami and they finish at home versus Miami. Right, exactly, and that's like their travel part. And it's really weird that they had those two series in close so proximity. Close together, it works yeah. out really well for Western Michigan, <laughs> doesn't it? But yeah, that that's going to make it tough. So. Yeah, I think fifth place. But, you know, Jason, honestly, considering all things, I mean, if we finish fifth place, that could, that could mean a trip out to Denver to play the Pioneers, you know, because they're currently it, sitting in fourth right now. Yeah, but I think that Denver has a better schedule than Western Michigan. I I, I think... Is it West... as good as playing Miami four times, though? Before the, yeah, but you know then what you've I'm got saying? to play Duluth and Denver in between them. Yeah. And... Or, Duluth and North Dakota in between that. And Denver has Miami, St. Cloud, and Cairo College. Right. So I I suspect that I I see it right now that Denver's going to overtake him. And I'd rather be in fifth going to Western Michigan than in sixth going to Denver. I completely agree. I would not rather be in fifth than have to go to Denver. Right. Like, that would be the irony. We have this great fifth place finish and it results in us having to go out to Magnus although, to play. Although you never you, know. You could we go to Denver them. and then you yeah. could like shock them and win two straight and it could be this amazing thing. So you, you know, you just, 
You never know. And you know that that's a team that they would be very motivated to play. Yeah. And they did play very well against them <sighs> earlier this earlier this year, calendar year. They did. So, yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't know, but right now, I mean, wouldn't you agree that it's it's going to be it's going to be tough to I mean, we're not eliminated from getting home ice yet, but it's going to be very tough for UNO to get home ice. Wouldn't you agree with that? I, yeah. I, I it doesn't seem I mean, realistic. I'm sure that me. mathematically you can, they can do that. Yeah. They can do it. But realistically, I don't see that happening. Right. We have 18 possible points left in conference play, so it could happen. But the next couple weekends, we'll probably know more in a couple weeks after we play Colorado college. We'll, we'll have a, we'll have a better feeling after that weekend. Cause you know, Western and Denver, both of those teams potentially could, you know, have kind of put it out of reach. So you never know. But fifth place, that right now we're in a kind of a dogfight with dogfight with St. Cloud for that. And since I see what you did there. Complete unintended pun there. So, so yeah. So it was, it was tough not getting any points up in Duluth this weekend. I had hoped that maybe they could at least get like a tie or, you know, a point, maybe two out of that series. And, and I thought Friday, I was like, man, they're, you know, they're really making a push there in the last. They were. That last rush. I'm thinking maybe this is one of those games where you shouldn't win this. You shouldn't be in it. You have no business they, they thinking about have, this, yeah. but maybe you can steal a point from here. Yeah. But and you then just couldn't they, get the equalizer. Right. And because they played well, you know, Friday night, um, I thought maybe they had a chance Saturday, but ultimately that didn't happen. I still think they're not quite there. There's still instances where they're making mistakes and yep. poor decisions, and that's you know that's poor had an effect passing, on the team. Yeah. Poor passing, exactly. So it didn't happen. So so here we are, and we'll just we'll be interested to see what the motivation is for him the last six games of the season. Learn through it, yeah. move on. That's right. It's all you can do. So player of the weekend then? So my player of the weekend, yeah. And I actually had, who was I going to pick for player of the weekend? I actually had a very clear pick. I thought there was one that's obvious. And then there's a couple that we could (laughs) consider past that. So why don't you go first and see if you take the obvious one? Um, Or what I consider at least the obvious one. Well, let me think about this here. Just, Just as we're looking here, I will keep talking. But I, you know, this was a... This was a tough one because, as you said, there's one player, Chase Primo, who you could pick as kind of an obvious pick. But I'm going to be a little bit different than that. I'm going to pick Timu Polkonen on the weekend because I thought Timu, I thought Timu was, he had a lot of good opportunities this weekend. He's a player that we've been talking about the last few weeks. I haven't picked Timu this season. And so I'm going to pick Timu. And I'm mainly going to pick him for getting that late goal on Friday night that narrowed the score from three to one to three to two and kind of put it within striking Striking distance. distance, Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go with him. I thought about picking Chase Primo because we haven't, I haven't, I don't think I've picked him yet at all. I don't know that either of us have picked him. We should probably like keep a running tally. There was a nice article on, on his family, his dad. Yeah. Um, the, the NCHC did this week. So, uh, if you haven't uh, read that, go to nchchockey.com and check that out. Well, I felt he was the obvious one from the weekend. I think yeah. both nights, uh, he just really, he was in the right spot. He was productive. 
they announcers said his name a lot even when they weren't talking about him i was they were talking about him a lot yeah uh and i would almost say i would almost say another one that we heard a lot of this weekend and bridget had pointed out on saturday night that he was blocking a lot of shots was travis coat and beetle and he's not a guy that we always you know think of or hear of a lot and he had a good weekend too but yeah primo has definitely kind of started to come into his own and he's a player he was fighting injuries last season wasn't he uh i think a few yeah yeah and so as in his sophomore season again he's he's starting to step up and and look like a really good forward in the making here so i'm i'm very excited to see him have success this weekend against a really good team Konepke was another one that I heard yeah. and saw quite a bit of. Yep. I'm trying to think if we've ever picked him. We don't pick defensemen very often. Well, because they're usually the ones coughing the puck. Up I know. <laughs> There's a reason for that. You know, and UNO was also dealing with injuries this weekend. We didn't have Stewart, we didn't have Keck, and we didn't have Abate. Right. And those are three key players in our lineup. So yeah, those three regular guys, yeah. We could have used them for sure. So, yeah, so you pick Primo. Uh, well, I think he has to get picked. So if you're taking... Yeah, I'm going to... I was going to be different. I'm going with uh, Polkanen. So. Yeah, so I think Chase yeah. was the obvious. Yep. Primo or Primo or whatever. Primo! <laughs> hey, logic Jason. sound, man. Okay, I'm just going to say this as a guy who took, like, seven years of French in school. It's like Tableau, Chateau... Primo, like Juno, Alaska, you know. He plays for the Mavericks. Now, if it's EUX, like if it's EUX, like is it Lamaru or Lamaro? I see it. Lamaro, yeah. So it's the Lamaro twins. Primo, Primo. It can't be Moo. So see that that that. It has to be Moo. He plays for the Mavericks. It it has to be Moo because it has to be Moo because the girls told me that they want to make a sign with a cow, and I'm like, but it's mow like you know mow the lawn like primo well we already have his sign because it's prime time oh do you okay yeah then why was then why was lexi telling me about another we should do this for primo you already have a sign i didn't even realize this so all right there you go i don't know so yes primo primo Primo. yeah primo primo tomato tomato (laughs) oh i'm so glad this is good Name pronunciation has come up. Primo, yeah. I just want the entire week of Twitter to be dominated by this. Yeah. <laughs> Is how do you pronounce E? It's O, like tableau. Chateau. You know, hat Ew. in French is chapeau. Yeah. Primo. Yeah. I took French too, I still say. We, we know better. we know what Jason says. We know we know what he says. <laughs> okay. But the so, number of times that the announcers called it Weiss, I was gonna like. They up. yes, they did. They did. I, I and will they tell kept you, doing the same thing that a number you know, of them. And what's it's what's not uh, Taylor Weiss? Explain to me though, like Cotton Beetle, which looks like Cotton Beetle. They managed to get that name right the whole week, you know, the whole weekend or most of the weekend. I'm like, that is a mouthful of a name to say, but, and I got to tell you, we've got some doozies coming in the next couple of seasons. It's going to, there's going to, not only is there not going to be enough room on the, you know, shoulder plate on the Jersey 
to get all of the letters, or I guess the back plate, not really the shoulder plate, but there's not going to be enough room for all the letters. And we got hyphenated guys coming in. It's going to, it's going to get ugly on this podcast. It's going to get ugly with announcers throughout the college hockey world. Well, I'll throw out a suggestion then. You should go on and create something on Mavpuck with the pronunciation guide. I mean, all of the announcers get it. Why not give it for fans? I think it's in the media guide. Yeah, but not all the fans know where that is. Okay, so I got... This is actually kind of a nice... Do they... Do they have a pronunciation guide on the roster, I wonder, on the website where somebody says it? See, I we could know. totally do that. I could totally I mean, record the... yeah. myself saying it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll you can, work like, on... You, the... can, you can put it in there in text, and you can have a little, like, icon. Yeah, I can have the little... You can have yeah, them say it. I can have the little phonetics pronunciation yeah. guy, and then I can have a little recording Audio of myself thing. saying it. Yeah. You should... In the vast totally amount of spare that. time that I have, I... We'll work on that next season, especially because hey, it, it could get rough. You know what we should do is we should make it part of the Patreon campaign. <laughs> yes, there you go. That's going to be the hook. Well, you know, I've always <laughs> wanted to know how these player names were pronounced, so I'm going to donate. You know, I'm going to I'm going to become a, a monthly a monthly dollar Patreon subscriber to get that pronunciation guide. Who I'm so glad we've hashed this. It's a good thing Bridget isn't here. She'd just be like looking at us, like she'd be glaring at me. Anyway, so boy, bad. I'll just tell you, just her mere I, presence. Her mere presence just kept us on track last we're week. We're recording this, and I can feel her glaring. <laughs> I at can me. feel at us now. She's just going to be like making judgmental comments when she <laughs> listens to this later. <sighs> okay, so <laughs> that's why she was a special guest and not a regular reoccurring. <laughs> She's like, I'm stepping in to keep you guys on track. I mean, Jolene wasn't here today either. Normally she writes down the topics we're going to do. And I don't even think we have that. So this is... Oh, wait, no, I have a sticky note. Oh, okay. So sticky note. that's a lovely sticky note. So anyway, UNO got, swept... On to the next UNO got swept by the Bulldogs. It's not what we wanted to have happen, but we're Move moving on. on. So, yeah. Tickets. We want to talk a little bit about... Uh, tickets t- like how you i'm trying to think of how to phrase this how you purchase and utilize your tickets this is a topic that i think is going to become relevant as you know we get closer to the off season and this is just a guess on my part but we've already seen for example uno change the tickets from getting a book with paper paper tickets that are perforated that you can tear out Two, they've gone with this credit card, lanyard card type of thing with the with QR, QR code. code. Yeah, And it's very possible, I think in my mind, if not next year, I think it's possible within the next couple of years that they decide to make a move with UNO hockey season tickets to just going all digital with the tickets. And I think that, and the reason we bring this up is not because, I mean, Jason and I enjoy a good, like, wonky discussion on you know ticket technology as as much as anybody but we bring it up because there was an article um a couple weeks on college hockey news about declining attendance Mm -hmm. at collegiate hockey games right and the first thing everybody wants to blame it on is netflix that's netflix's problem and my my feeling is ruined everything i don't think it's netflix's fault I think, it's my personal opinion, I think Netflix is the beneficiary of people having to jump through a lot of hoops as it regards 
getting tickets, managing tickets, renewing tickets, dealing with price increases, that type of thing as it regards the college hockey game. I think that they're they're and one of the beneficiaries too. I mean, yes, from because... a university standpoint, like I need to do something to make sure that my costs don't go out of whack. Right. I've got to support that. Exactly. And going with all digital tickets would save them money on printing. And we had mentioned prepping for this that the NHL's done that. Yes, and... you were telling me because you you don't have a full season of Colorado Avalanche tickets. You have a partial package. Season, right. Correct. How many games is it? Uh, minimum, I think we have to do a minimum and then I can get as many games as I want, basically. Okay. And, you know, we did that so that we could go to games and not have to, not have to pay Ticketmaster fees. Right. For individual games. Yeah. And not have to be at the mercy of what can I find on sites like StubHub and Etix and things like that. Right. I I was a little hesitant when they said what well, basically what happened for those that have never, you know, attended an NHL game or something. The NHL stepped in and said we can't have every we can't have 31 different ways of doing ticketing and 31 different ways of managing that and 31 different ways of buying that. This needs to be normalized. The cost needs to be shared across all 31 teams. So the NHL is going to come in and we're going to integrate it into the NHL app because it's an app that we feel most fans already have. And Ticketmaster is going to be the back end and everything will be done through there. So we have no, I have no paper ticket. I buy tickets and they're just, boom, they're in my app. Done. Okay. And entering, I just scan. And you have to use that app, correct, to get into the games? No, because I put them in my digital wallet. So you can do you transfer them from the app to yep. the wallet on your iPhone or on your Apple Watch. Well, and it's automatic. So okay, anything that's in my anything that's in my Apple wallet's on my Apple Watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, 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 I know that. It's automatic that the I think it's I think mine's set for seven days. Seven days prior to the event, the ticket gets moved out of the app and gets placed in my your wallet. Apple wallet. Okay. So I don't have to physically go in. I don't have to log in. Because like, for example, with UNO hockey season ticket holders, you can log into your MyMav account mm-hmm. via Safari. Right. Because they don't have their own standalone app. And so you can do it via Safari and put it in the yes. wallet on your... And I don't know what you do for Android because I don't... This is the same kind of thing. I don't do Android. Yeah. I'm sure they have some... Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's the same kind of thing. But... That there's challenges with that. Like the way that UNO does it, one of the things is the security aspect of that. Because we've talked about this last year when they first went to the digital ticket thing. I use the same ticket all season long. Well, it's it's this here's the thing, it's the same QR code because right. it's the same QR code on the plastic credit card like ticket that you get right. for the whole season. And I, I've heard that Ticketmaster wants to go with, you know, time-specific or rotating QR codes so that there's a unique QR code for every game, as you said. Which, in order which to, is what the NHL does. In, in order to protect ticket 
piracy, essentially. Which isn't as big of a concern for college hockey. I get that. It's, as it's, it will be for a major sporting event like an NHL game. I, I but, don't, I, I'm just going to, the cynical me, I'm just going to say it's not, it's, this is why you and I have to pay a monthly fee to use Adobe Photoshop, Adobe InDesign, Adobe Illustrator because of software piracy. And Adobe doesn't like that. So right. we have to pay a monthly fee to subscribe to software because they don't sell standalone versions anymore that you can buy and pay a one-time fee and then have it on your computer till it doesn't work anymore. I mean, say, because people will buy it once and hold and it then for hold forever. It forever. And, then... yeah, and I've done that too. I've, yeah. I've had versions of Photoshop on, and I still have some computers that have older operating systems that have the version of Adobe from years and years ago. But everybody wants to get away with that because everybody's worried about, you know, nefarious ticket practice. And like you said, for professional events, like an NHL game or an NFL football game or right. something like that, it's a concern. It's probably not as much of a concern for UNO hockey. They would probably love to be in a situation where people were people were right. actively looking for ways to sneak into a UNO hockey game. You know what I'm so saying? So what I was, when, when the NHL, when they told us, when it was renewing season tickets, right. and they told us they were going to this, I was concerned about how this would work. Uh, I transfer a lot of tickets to friends. I get sure. a lot of tickets for people. Yeah. Um, I trade tickets constantly. So it's like, I've got this game in the lower bowl. You give me those two games in the upper bowl. We'll so call let, it let me let me ask you, so, if you transfer a ticket to them, mm -hmm. as it is like now with like UNO hockey tickets, we can transfer tickets to somebody via email. Right. Through Ticketmaster because mm -hmm. they're the giant monopoly that controls everything and you know makes us do all this stuff so you can transfer via email and then mm -hmm. they can pull up that ticket on their browser or whatever well and so if they have the if they have the app and already have a Ticketmaster account which a lot of the ones that i do do i just put so if in, they if they i'm the... taking this to hold on i'm taking this this ticket i'm transferring it to john john's email is this I send it over to you. It's automatically accepted because you already have a Ticketmaster account. Do you have to have the Avalanche app though, or do you have to have the Ticketmaster so app, or does it matter? And that's what we talked about. Like, I think the only way this happens for us Mav fans is if the NCHC steps in and says the same thing that the NHL did. We can't keep having everyone do things differently. Ticketmaster is going to come in. They're going to run things because they're the you know the biggest player in the game and the one that we're already using in multiple venues. And so everyone's going to adapt this. We're going to have the NCHC app will hold everything. You'll be able to brand the app your way. So my NHL app has all the Avs information in it. It has the Avs schedule. That's my homepage. That's my team, sure. right? Yeah. So I see their brand things. It would be the same thing. All of my tickets are in there. The great thing is, and we talked about this, is if I want to go see a game in another venue, which I do fairly regularly because I will, I just, I like hockey. So I'm going to go see whoever, wherever. I have some advantages to the fact that I have a season ticket package with the Avalanche. When I go to someplace else, I get discounts, I get you know no fees, things like that. And those tickets are in the same app with everything else. So I don't have to have, in our case, I don't have to have the UNO app and the DU app and the MMD app and the SCSU app and... You know, whatever yeah. all these are to be able to attend each games as I travel around with a team. It would be one of those things where you just have one app and you can, if you decide you want to, you know, go up to Duluth and see a game or go up to St. Cloud and see a game, uh, you can you can do so. You can purchase the apps. 
You can purchase the tickets through the app. The app stores your tickets. It works the same way to get in at Amsoil Arena as it does at Baxter. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they... I don't, I don't know that the NCHC is... I don't know what word I'm looking for. I don't know that they would do that. Like you said, know. it sounds they like don't. good idea. Obviously, the NHL is a big, you know, right. multi-bajillion dollar operation, so they can afford people to oversee that and make sure everything's working well behind the scenes and everything right. else. As we saw with NCHC TV on the Apple TV, especially early this season, there were a lot of problematic quirks right. that were causing a lot of problems with watching games. So I don't necessarily know that I would trust them to run something as sophisticated as a ticketing app. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm playing, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm, right. I'm playing devil's advocate with you because I just feel like all of this, while to you and I, we spend our days, I build websites. We do a lot of, you know, technical things with HTML and order forms and recurring payments online and things like that. And I know you deal with the same thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is what we do. I'm the type of guy when I decided to cut, you know, cable TV, I climbed up in the attic. I found the 1960s era, you know, antenna. I rewired it. I ran the coaxial cable through my wall and back to my, you know, back of my TV. And it provides me beautiful high definition picture with the local channels and I don't pay anything for it. But I can tell you right now, 99% of people in life are not going to be willing to jump through those hoops. Whereas you and I are because we deal with this stuff all the time. So our minds are already wired this way. I just feel like, I just feel like as time goes by, we're making it way too hard to buy a ticket. You know what I'm saying? I, and I'll, I'll give you yeah. an example. We, we do work for the local Tangier shrine here in Omaha and we help promote their circus and their cheapest ticket is $18. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you about this before the show. It's a, right. it's a general admission ticket. It's an actual seat, but they're they're in the end sections at the Middle right. America Center. So if you buy your ticket at the Shrine, it's you know 18 bucks a seat. So if you buy a pair of tickets, it's $36. If you buy them at Hy-Vee, it's $36. Right. If you buy them on Ticketmaster.com ahead of time, which you would normally want to do with an event like that, you'd make plans to go on you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's $53 for two $18 tickets because of all of the fees you pay through Ticketmaster. And again, the idea is supposed to be it's more convenient and it saves them time and money if you go through the Ticketmaster system, but it's not because you have to pay money. And then if you want an actual paper ticket, you have to pay extra to either have it at will call or you know, more for the printed ticket and for postage if you want them to mail it to you. And it's, it's not, it's not really, I mean, it's cheaper if you buy a digital ticket, but then it's not. And so I just, my, my concern is that Ticketmaster, which basically holds a monopoly over ticketing in the United States today, right. that this is all about getting, you know, building these walled gardens so they can have oh. everything happen online so they can charge service fees to either end users or, you know, venues. It's like we've, there's this whole concept of, of like over overthinking no no that, I'm, that's, I'm what I'm, like, that's what i'm okay you're, you're inundating people with services right yes and this is just another one of those because ticketmaster has a subscription service you don't pay ticketmaster fees for the events that you want to go to you pay six dollars a month or i have no idea what it is because i've never looked into it because right i the the 
fact that they call it a convenience fee just yeah. drives me up the wall because it's the most inconvenient <laughs> thing in the world and you're telling me it's convenient it's like an oxy it's the oxymoron of oxymoronic statements right uh but yeah i mean this all leads to them selling their subscription service because now oh you know it includes uno hockey games it includes concerts at CenturyLink. it includes events at CenturyLink. if you don't want to pay right. the service fee you pay per month to be part of our program so i think part of it is is i don't want to you know contribute to that but then again i do look you're at contributing it going, you are contributing to that to. you're told it's when i look at it though you have to say okay well what's where is the market going are people more likely to purchase tickets and plan ahead or is it the Netflix kind of generation of, I want to go to a hockey game now. What's the fastest way for me to get tickets? I don't want to have to go stand in line. You don't want to, as a, you, as a, a venue, I mean, I don't want to have to staff boxes where people sit 90% of the time and don't do anything. Right. The problem, the problem, Jason, and I completely agree with you. It's much more convenient for people to order online whether it's on their phone, on their computer, on their tablet. But the problem is if you order online, it costs significantly more than if you right. go to the box office and buy it because of these service fees. And I, I ask myself that it just seems backward. It seems like it should be cheaper if you're ordering online because... You know, in the case of the particular venue, it's, you know, they don't have to, you know, if you buy a ticket at, you know, 11 o'clock at night, they don't have to have somebody on staff right then to do it. But because they're going through right. Ticketmaster's system and Ticketmaster holds a monopoly on ticketing at, you know, major venues in this country. They charge ridiculous you're, you're, fees. You're, it's, it, again, they're like, they're like the utility company. They're like the, your phone company. They're like the cable and satellite providers who basically, if you know, run roughshod because they have monopolies in various communities around the country and are able to do this. And this is the thing that bothers me because I think, you know, UNO can say, well, we're charging, you know, $18 for a ticket. But when the end user buys it through Ticketmaster and it ends up costing significantly more than $18, they don't see, oh, well, UNO is just charging $18 and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, paying my toll right. to Ticketmaster. Instead, they just look at it as I'm paying whatever the final dollar amount is. And I, I really do think that this is potentially having an effect on a lot of a ticketed events around the country. And the thing is, when you talk about something like Netflix, when I pay twelve ninety nine a month for Netflix, that's what I'm paying. I don't I don't get some extra service charge if I watch, you know, Stranger Things, you know, five or six times, you know, or watch it every day over and over again for the month or watch too many hours per month. I don't get like an overage charge or anything else. I'm paying one flat fee. It's very easy. I know what I'm getting up front. You know what you're getting up front. And the, so anyway, bringing this back to the UNO hockey season ticket holders because Jason's looking at me like, man, what is wrong with you? You are not <laughs> no, done with this. But the, the, I'll give you an example. We have five season tickets right. to UNO hockey. Okay. Right. Bridget and I use two. Okay. We've transferred tickets to you guys. When mm -hmm. you guys have given your tickets Appreciate away, yeah. we, we do it for other people. My dad also comes to the games. My dad is 78 years old. Okay. 
my dad, you know, normally we would give him tickets each week. So when the, when we got the cards two seasons ago, season before last for the first time, that had the QR code, it was great because he could put it in his wallet because there were times that he'd forget his tickets or that he'd leave them in the card. Now he leaves this like a credit card or debit card in his wallet all the time. And it's great. If you go to all digital, okay, my dad has a flip phone. Bridget and I pay for his cell service and we pay for his phone. Mm-hmm. We just got him a new phone year before last. One month after we got him the flip phone, he inadvertently ran it through the washing machine. And I'm like, we'll put it in a bowl of rice. So he did. And honestly, the flip phone worked. I can tell you right now, if we'd gotten him an iPhone or an Android phone, that thing would have been dead potentially. And maybe not. Maybe the maybe the waterproof nature of the iPhone, maybe, maybe it would have held for the, the maybe it would have held for the 20, 25. Yes, the lack of the headphone jack might have saved him there. But again, I am not buying him a $500 phone so that he can show a QR code to somebody standing there with a scanner at the entrance of Baxter Arena. I'm not going to do you could do you understand? I mean, I'm paying what? $295 for his ticket. I'm not going to, you know, fork over another $500 to get him a for phone a plus cellular and service and everything else. And I know everybody looks at it and says, "Well, everybody's got a phone, but I, I can tell you, I, you know, there are people that, you know, sit around us at the games that I can tell that they're not, you know, avid cell phone users. And I don't know how they're going to feel about, you know, having to pull them up on the phone. You know, you got to make sure your phone's charged when you're going into the place. You got to make sure that the screen protector doesn't cause funky issues with the scanners. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of variables that are introduced into this. To me, it just, it creates hurdles when you don't have to create hurdles. I think the other thing to your point is that you lose control over right over that experience essentially you know because like you mentioned okay UNO charges you $18 for the ticket but when you purchase a ticket and it ends up costing you $26 and you're like you don't think oh that's because ticketmaster fees are no. $8 you think why is UNO jacking me on the price of the ticket right right? and you can't control that right if Ticketmaster says you know what we're not making enough money we need to make more revenue we're going to up our service fee a dollar you can't you you have a choice to make right like the only thing you can do is lower the price of your ticket to offset that fee Otherwise, your users, your right. fans are going to be paying more. And obviously, this is the advantage of buying season tickets because you don't have to deal with that. Which is the advantage to this because one of the things we have said on this podcast is that there are not, there are hardly any benefits to buying season tickets anymore. Because when Baxter first opened, tickets were at a premium and you bought season tickets because. You had to buy season tickets if you wanted to guarantee right. that you could come to every game. That was the year right UNO. Now, that was the year UNO went yep. to the Frozen Four. Very popular, brand new arena. It was it cut the size, you know, in right. half from the uh, Central, Central Link Center downtown. Yeah. So you had to buy your tickets. But now but we've now kind we're of, gotten to the point where right, there's it's, so it's, many empty yeah. seats, and you know they do they run these because uh, I've said it. You know, it frustrates the heck out of me that I see these ads on TV and newspapers and social media and stuff that people can get $5 seats next to me. I bought season tickets. They're getting a they're getting a single game cheaper than what my season tickets are. Right. And it's frustrating. And I get that they're trying to put 
butts in the seats, right? I understand the reason for doing it, but I look at me as a season ticket holder and this season more than ever before, I question why do I still have season tickets? Well, I know some, I I know some people like that. Like, like there's right. a, a, A buddy of mine who, Post on the Mad Puck message board. I know him on Facebook. He is he is married to the sister of a girl that I, Bridget and I were friends with um, in high school. I actually I knew her in uh, middle school. She lived down the down a couple blocks from me, and he has held on to his season tickets. But his wife and he's got a couple kids, and they find it hard to make time to come to games. He loves mm-hmm. hockey. He would go every game if he could, but because of those family commitments. And he said, it's just, you know, it's just you're busier having a family today than you were in the past. And it's absolutely true. I hear about the amount of time that your daughters play youth hockey. And it's, I mean, I'm like, are they training for the flipping Olympics? I mean, it's ridiculous. My my nephew Blaze and my niece Scotland go to karate three times a week. Bridget takes them on Tuesday and Thursday nights because their mom and dad are working, they're busy. And I'm like, why are we practicing three times? Why are we going to karate three times a week? When I was a kid, you'd go practice. When I played youth soccer, you'd go practice once a week and you'd play a game once a week. It lasted for a couple months. Then you moved on with your life. That's the way it worked now. Then now we're training these kids. This is probably why we have parity in sports is all of the training at the youth level for these athletes at such a young age. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it used to be back when you had less training, the really good athletes just rose to the top because they were just naturally good and talented. Now we're spending all this time training kids, but literally karate three times a week. Right. I'm just telling you right now. I mean, unless they're going to be in a Kung Fu movie or, you know, they're (laughs) they're going to be in the next karate kid movie. Why are we training this much? that comes back to, but it goes know, back that people options. just don't have time for, I mean, people right. have, have, there's there, you're not just competing when it comes for a UNO hockey season ticket holder. They're not just competing with other entertainment options. They're just competing with any activity right. that goes on. And, and you guys are very busy people with the girls and, and obviously Bridget's taking the kids to karate two nights a week, but it goes back to the thing. If they announce at the end of this season, Jason, if they say, season ticket next year are just going to be digital and you're going to have to deal with them on your phone. How do you think that that goes over? Uh, I mean, it'll go over fine with you. Well, but I think that's the thing is I think it'll go over basically the way this podcast segment's going over, right? (laughs) Like it's 50, 50. (laughs) You're going to have some people that are like, you're going to have a, you're going to have 25% of the population that is, this is stupid. I can't believe I have to do this. I don't want my season tickets anymore. You're going to have 25% of the population is, this is awesome. I can't believe they finally went to this. Yes. You know, this is, this is what I've been wanting, right? This is right. This, and then you're going to have 50% of the population is like, I don't care. Who, who cares? Like, this doesn't move the needle for me either. Direction, one way or right? another. They don't care. They're just apathetic one right. way or the other. So you're never going to, I don't think in business, I think too many companies have been paralyzed by seeking that option where no one gets mad at them, essentially, right? There is, although you have to be... Someone's always going to be upset. You have to be careful, though. You have to be careful about pushing it too far. Right. And you have to ask yourself, like, are there things that... If we're going to do this, we know we're going to upset 25 out of 100. 
Is there something that we can do that would soften the blow for them? And maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's, you know what? If you're a season ticket holder for the 1920 season, we're going completely digital for 2021. And those season ticket holders get something special. A special, even something as simple as a special entry line where this is the, you know, the entry tables, the, the security checkpoints that are on the closest to the community rink, right? Maybe those two lanes there are four season ticket members only for one season. We're, we won't tell them it's one season. Could be, yeah. yeah. And what we're going to do is we're going to staff that with the expectation that half the people that come through are going to be fine because they know us and it's no big deal. And the other half of the people are going to need a little bit extra help, but they're current season ticket holders. And so they've got some, you know, they've got a, a red card instead of a white card so that we know who they are. And they get, essentially you get some special treatment because I think season ticket holders in general are just wanting to know that they're valued. And they're valued by saying that we are something, as, as elitist as it sounds, we're better than the people who just bought the ticket on the app or strolled up to right. the, you know, the counter right. and got their ticket, right? And that's a way to say, we're going to make this experience better for you because you're committed and you're supporting the team you know, day in and day out, and you're making a choice not to do these other things that we know other people are choosing to do. Well, and I think something you point out there is feeling special. I think it's it's a special thing every season getting your season tickets, whether it's the new lanyard credit card mold mm -hmm. or getting the books of season tickets. There's something special about that. There's something that, you know, somebody who's a big fan, who's a collector, mm -hmm. there's something kind of archival about that. You can frame your season tickets in a room. I'm sitting right in front of, you know, your hallway where you guys have your Maverick memorabilia up. I mean, to me, when you're getting something digitally, I think it, it just feels like in a way it sort of loses that kind of cachet, that sort of prestige. It does. Because as you said, what, I mean, what else do we get? We're buying, right. I mean, my thing I is. I mean, in the old days it was season ticket members had the nice colorful tickets and, you know, if yeah. you just bought a game, a ticket to the it game. Was it was just one like of the generic printed, printed out on the yeah. dot matrix type right. printer look. It was not, it was not an attractive looking ticket. It wasn't commemorative, right? And so. And I get that. I but, mean, to me, it, to me, you got to be careful because it just makes it look like you're trying to save money by not printing and distributing. And here's the thing. Every year. We pay a $10 fee. We pay a $10 like printing and mailing fee for our tickets when we buy and renew our season tickets every year. The fact of the matter is they haven't had to print ticket books in what, two years now? And we're still paying that fee. I mean, right. You know, my feeling is if you're going to go all digital, then you should offer some form of a discount because it's not like we've used our playoff tickets in, you know, ages well and we and the NHL, when they made the transition with the clubs that were already doing digital tickets when they made the prior to making the transition did a year or two in some cases uh most of them did a year of you get it you get to choose if you want and it wasn't a discount it was season tickets cost x if you want you have to pay more if you still want the printed tickets it's going to cost you See, I would, I would, I would position that. And the example I used to you is when Apple's Pro XDR display came out. Right. You know, rather than saying the display costs, you know, five thousand dollars. Right. And then you can buy this stand here for it. That's another thousand dollars. Instead, Jason, what the, a lot of people suggested they should have done was they should have said, "Here's the monitor and the stand. 
they're $6,000. If you choose to buy it without the stand, it's $1,000 less. Right. Again, that's what I would do with this. I would say, you know, again, price it the way you want, but then you can, you can massage it in such a way where you say, you know, if you choose all digital tickets, you get it cheaper. Essentially build in the fee for the print ticket in the price and then just deduct that if people say they want to do all digital. I I do think it would be a bold move since we're just two years into doing these kind of credit card-like tickets to say, well, we're done with that. We're, we're moving you guys now on to just the all digital experience because... As we remember the, you know, the Mav Experience app that UNO unleashed, if they ever did go with their own branded Ticketmaster UNO ticket app, we remember with that Mav Experience app that there were all kinds of problems. There was incorrect information on it. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be careful about, I mean, I've sat in, and you've sat in, you know, conference rooms and had these meetings where a lot of people want to make it sound like they're cool and cutting edge and like they know what they're talking about by saying, you know, we just ought to go all digital and make people use their cell phones. I am a technology guy who used my iPhone all the time. You're a technology guy who uses your iPhone all the time. But there are a lot of people who basically, despite the fact that they have an expensive phone, they basically use it for text messaging and phone calls. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know as well as I do. And anything more technical than that, they're potentially not going to be you know, keen on doing. So I just, this is what I'm saying. It, it comes down to anything to, to kind of, wrap it up wrap this up it comes down to how much do the people that are making these decisions at uno know what their what their fan base is like right right if they don't know their fan base then this is going to be a disaster because yeah if you look at that fan base it's not a you know auditorium full of millennials it's predominantly people age 40 and up like myself you know what i'm saying it's it's a lot of times people who have, you know, the time to go to hockey games, you know, two games a weekend are right. people who are empty nesters. They're people who are older. They're people who don't have the kind of commitments that you guys have with your daughters. So everyone's a little different. That's right. So up next, we've got a week off. We do. Thank God. Kind of needed it. Because right? I thought that topic on tickets there was going to, you know, <laughs> roll over into next week there at some point. Just going to keep talking, <laughs> talking for another, you know. Change the topic of the entire podcast. That's, to... <laughs> you know, it was plastic bags last week, clear plastic bags. It's tickets this week. We have two weeks now to think of another, you know, rant worthy topic. Gripe. So another yes, gripe. another gripe topic. So after the week off, we've got Cairo College coming yep. to town. Low men on the totem pole, so they are. Although they, I thought I watched um, a bit of their series against Saint Cloud this last weekend, and they they were competitive both games. They're a dangerous team. This they, they, is the, both a, of those games went to overtime. Yeah, this is not a you know easy no brainer. I don't think that they've had the results they expected this season, but I think it's a better team of one. That no. They're better than where they stand. You know, UNO, the way UNO's performed this season has kind of been like the way Colorado College performed last season. They kind of surprised people. They upset their way um, to the NCHC Frozen Faceoff in uh, St. Paul. And so, yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. Obviously, we swept Colorado College uh, a few weeks ago when we went out there and played. But... This one's at home in 
for whatever reason, we've only won one NCHC game at home this season. That's that to me is kind of the craziness. Uh, you know, despite the fact that we've had a really good season, the team's been very competitive. They've played well. We've only won one conference game, and that was that was last week against Western Michigan. So your picks then, or you? You know, this is a hard one. I I feel like. Gosh, I kind of actually think it benefits us kind of being so close in the standings against St. Cloud State, who's currently sitting in fifth place. Um, we'll have to see how things go next weekend, where we stand as far as fourth place goes. I still think it's going to be an awfully tough climb for us to get even close to that, but you never know what happens. We've got a favorable schedule on out. So I'm going to say, because this is always what I do with UNO, I'm going to say we finally break through and get a conference sweep at home this season. And we finally, you know, rather than just having won one home game, we're going to win two home games this season. And I think having a week off will help because hopefully some of those guys who are dinged up uh, can get back in the lineup and we'll have a full complement of forwards and defensemen and both of our goaltenders will be healthy. So that's the direction I'm going to go. I'm going to say we sweep. Maybe I should say we split, but I'm going to say we sweep against CC. It's a team we should be able to sweep at home. What do you think, Jason? I, I'm actually going on a rare occasion to agree with you. Okay. I think that it's not just where they said I think that we match up well against Cairo College. We do. We, we Statistically, if you look at it, we're very there's a lot of similarities yeah. between these two teams. I think that depth-wise, we are a deeper team, I think, Absolutely. top to bottom. Yep. The, the one thing that's going to trip us up, if we have problems, is going to be if we can't shut down their top two, three-point producers. Yep. If we can shut down them, we should have no problem getting through this weekend. The other thing that's kind of... that somewhat led me to believe that maybe I needed to pick the split was not knowing where we stand with Seville. Right. I'm confident in Roden, but I mean, we saw him when Seville was over at the world juniors. And so I just don't know. He's a dependable, capable goaltender. Seville, a lot of times, but how do we play you, in front of them? So, and... Seville, pray, Seville can bring you that kind of he can bring you that kind of intangible dynamic where he can make one of those just ridiculous. Say, I mean, I'm not saying that you know the other two goaltenders we have can't do that, but we've seen Seville do that in the second half of the season, and that can be big. You know, it can, one or two shots can be the difference. Yeah, between you know success and failure in a game, so. That's I, I'm I'm with you on that. I again I just I feel like we're a deeper team than Colorado College, and I feel like we should be able to sweep these guys at home. But for whatever reason, we haven't played as well as home as we have on the road this right. season. So you never know. You never do know, but hopefully we can find a way to get it done. Do what we think we're going to happen right. and win both. That's right. So two weeks, we will see everybody back two then. Weeks. All right. Well, until next time, follow Mad Puck on Facebook, Twitter. You can find links to all those things at madpuck.com. You can also find an archive of all of our old podcasts. All of them are embedded with SoundCloud, 
Apple Podcasts and YouTube on the website. So all kinds of ways to listen to the, us rant and wander on about all kinds of UNO hockey related topics. So until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs.